Yo, so I don't know how well you can hear any of this because we are in, basically in the middle of the park. Um, yeah, so day two of the podcast and I gotta say after yesterday getting that, that podcast up and just experiencing that kind of I guess relief in a way of like finally having done that because it was something that had been on my mind for so long. Um, it felt fucking fantastic actually. It felt really, really good. Uh, I'd been having like a really, really frustrating day prior to that and um, just immediately felt way better, you know? Just something about you can have a really shitty day all day and then suddenly you get that one thing that you really needed to or wanted to or were called to do that day and then suddenly like the whole day turns around you know and I think I don't know I find sometimes I have days where I'm busy the entire day and I guess I tick off a lot of things but it doesn't feel like I actually got anywhere because the things that actually mattered I didn't really get to you know um I apologize if you can hear dogs actually I don't really apologize because everyone loves dogs so there are worse things in life uh but there's probably a fair bit of background noise is what it is i think in a way it's kind of cool to yeah get a bit of a vibe of the atmosphere where i am i don't know where this podcast will evolve to but yeah i don't know i kind of think of it as being a documentation so there's a dog over my shoulder so there's a dog over your shoulder um (laughs) anyway without further ado getting into some of the things that i felt like i wanted to chat about today um, as I mentioned, I'm sitting here in the park and I just got done doing a workout and then had a little meditation with the sun going down this enormous grassy area and it very much reminded me of gratitude, I suppose. This dog may be coming after me. Um, yeah, so... I was sitting there working out and then there's like all these all these little kids and stuff at the park next to me um, and I think it's really funny because they always come over and um, they <laughs> they they always come over and like investigate whatever I'm doing when I'm like working out uh, and I think it's just so cute because it's like when you're a kid you don't you know you're you're not used to you're not pro-prec- okay I'm getting a little I'm not gonna lie I'm getting a little frazzled there's people walking past okay so when you're a kid you're not like pre-programmed right and kids are naturally so curious and I think we really miss that when we get older you know it, it kind of gets squeezed out of us by the school system the education system that tells you what to learn and when and and doesn't give you any chance to follow it is what you're naturally interested in or kind of explore the things that are are sparking your curiosity rather it's like here's what you gotta learn when um and one thing i love about little kids is it's kind of it's a reminder that you've got to be curious about things you know and kids they're not they don't have like that, you know, they haven't been indoctrinated yet that like strangers are dangerous, <laughs> which, you know, I get is a fair enough thing to tell like your child and all that because, you know, obviously there's a lot of dangerous strangers out there. 
but they kind of just come up to you like they want to be your friend you know and I, so I'll be working out I'll be grabbing the bars and stuff and the little kid will come over and sort of like just sort of like look at me with that like super innocent curiosity of of like oh what are you doing and like oh, I wonder if I could sort of do that and they start doing you know like the, the kind of pull ups and stuff and I'll, or they'll just sort of forget whatever I'm doing and make up their own thing which is kind of cool as well uh, and yeah I don't know we just don't get a lot of that when you're like my age kind of young uh, you know early 20s and stuff uh, unless you have a really close family and whatnot, you don't see a lot of like children and stuff and I find at least whenever I, I spend time around people who are both older and younger than me I always really like that because there's something about that kind of intergenerational um, interactions that kind of reminds you of like the circle of life and gives you a bit of like perspective as to the way other people of different age groups and and whatnot see the world you know and you kind of you know you become a little less one-dimensional or like self-centered and stuff so when I was doing my workout there on you know all these little kids and then the you know the kids kind of start playing with each other and stuff of course as they do and um one of these little kids just wanders over to the, this big round pole that holds up the the kind of shade cloths over the top of this sort of you know playgroundy thing colorful typical structure of a playground one might expect and just starts like whacking on it like with all his force on this little pole you know these tiny little palms uh whacking on it and then all the other kids are kind of like look over their shoulder and like whoa you know because it's making this really loud noise of like gung, 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 you know and all the kids like scurry over and they start like whacking on this pole and it's like gung, 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 gung. all these kids and you can see just like by the look on their face like how totally enthralled they are by the simple act of banging on a pole and <laughs> i was kind of like you know this is like pure bliss for them right now banging on a pole right but when we grow up and then we're used to everything um and nothing is a novelty to us anymore suddenly we feel like we need more and more and more to i guess experience just that that simple joy that for a kid banging on a pole can accomplish you know and sometimes i wish for myself that i could get that same joy just from banging on a pole and maybe sometimes i can you know i can you can kind of uh, really just hone in on something and that's something that meditation has definitely helped me a lot with is the ability to hone in on on one thing and appreciate that without kind of uh, your attention being scattered or, or just truly appreciating whatever it is you know in within your environment or is the object of your attention at one time but it becomes harder and harder and harder and it reminded me as well because I'm at this park that is actually the same park that I came to shortly after escaping quarantine for two weeks when I moved over to this part of the world uh, which was about a year ago and the funny thing about that of course was that when I was in quarantine I'd like didn't have any perspective at all like I was in, in my room I wasn't allowed outside I didn't see a single human face for two, the whole two weeks that I was in there you know the closest thing I got was like maybe the, the the two eyes of like my security guard as he you know sort of trotted off after placing a, uh, a plastic bag of food at my door like I was kind of you know in a dog kennel or something and so naturally, with that just complete lack of exposure to anything, my world kind of shrank down again. And it was almost like, you know, being in a womb, for lack of a better terminology. Um, and my set point for, I guess, stimulation um, came right down. And I 
I guess those two weeks, they were a very weird period of, of, my, of my life. Um, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, how did you do that? Like, that's insane. And, you know, it wasn't, it, like, look, you know, if people can put up with concentration camps, I think I can stay in a room for two weeks. Uh, but it was weird because while I was there, it felt like it went on forever because I wasn't, there was nothing to, I guess, mark the passage of days. You know what I mean? Everything was the same. It was monotonous, you know. Uh, but then when I got out, it felt like it happened in a flash because there was no, again, there was nothing to mark all the different kind of uh, days that occurred. And so all of them looked the same and it sort of blurred into one. You know, it's kind of that weird thing of like when you go on a holiday, you know, it flies by because you're so in the moment because everything is, is sort of new and interesting and you're, you don't know, you're not maybe worrying about the things you would normally worry about. So you're very present and so it happens very fast. But then you look back at that holiday and because you have so many memories that have forged from that time, you know, it seems like in retrospect, it was a lot longer. So it's sort of this funny thing where like life go, uh, maybe, yeah, the faster life is going at the time, the slower it's going to feel afterwards. And so I guess in a lot of ways, living, living a very fulfilling life is actually <laughs> living life in the fast lane. <laughs> No, but living a life that feels like it's going really fast at the time and then you can look back and you have all those sort of treasured memories to um, reflect back on. What I'm getting at here is that when I got out, it was really something. I, I got out and for the first time, I was feeling fresh air again on my skin and I was seeing all the other people who had got out at the same time. You know, it was like I just sort of, suddenly was allowed to walk out of my hotel room and uh, go down to the lobby and then suddenly I see other people again, you know, and I heard, overheard one of the guys and he was like, <laughs> when, he, when he met his, uh, his uh, mom or dad, he says to them, he's like, it was 28 steps from one side of the room to the other. <laughs> I was like, that just perfectly sums up exactly what that experience was. Um, <laughs> just complete boredom. Uh, and so I got out and I'm, I'm seeing everything for the first time, you know, I'm seeing like cars racing past and they're like right in front of me, uh, fresh air, I'm seeing birds overhead and I'm just looking around like I am a little child again. That's exactly what it was like because it was like I was born again. It was like my, my set point for what I expected from the world had been brought right down and suddenly everything was a joy and was a miracle to me again. And so it was amazing. It was, uh, it was incredible. It was really cool. And I came to this exact park where I am now and I just ran. I just put my, took my shoes off, you know, threw them, my feet gripping the grass. And I just like sprinted, <laughs> you know, as, as far as I could. And then my knee started hurting because I like hadn't walked anywhere for two weeks. <laughs> uh, so eventually I stopped. But this is the park where that, that happened. And so... Seeing those little kids banging on that pole and then being at this park kind of reminded me of the fact that we, we need to work to keep our, our expectations of life to a minimum and to kind of be as present as possible to um, yeah, just really appreciate all the, all the small things in life, you know? I think that the key to a happy life is not the big things that you strive after although you know i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think it's obviously those those collection of of smaller moments and being able to enjoy those you know 
I'm sure you're familiar with like the hedonic treadmill kind of concept, shall we say. Um, and I guess in life there are two ways to achieve fulfillment or to strive to f- achieve fulfillment rather. One of which is just to to run faster, you know, go further, work more, fuck more people, get more praise, get more money, uh, and get more exhausted in the process. And the other is to work to slow down the treadmill, you know, to walk slower and let the treadmill kind of conform to your own speed and then learn to actually appreciate the things that that are smaller that are around you you know bring bring your level of appreciation to the things around you rather than bringing trying to bring the things around you um up to an amplitude that you can appreciate you know it's a much more reliable strategy because you have control over the way you perceive the world but you don't always have control over the events that occur to you which is you know one of those random truths of life so yeah little bit of wisdom today i think i'm really i'm really stretching my uh my comfort zone here doing the second ever episode of the robert project in the park um yeah i made a little kind of uh made little graphics for the the um whatever it is thumbnail uh, and for the first episode i don't know whether i'm going to do have time to do one for every single episode we'll see what happens with that uh, but yeah, it was good. I'm I'm happy to have put it out there, and you know, I think this will evolve a lot and change. But it just feels good to kind of have made step one. And going back to I think what I was chatting about yesterday, it's that thing of like you know take the first step and then start figuring out what you're doing. And so I'm trying to you know heed my own advice there. Uh, you know, and I think in a lot of ways when we try to go too big with something too soon, we sort of kill it. You know, like. Um, I, I, it reminds me of when I read Steve Jobs' biography by Walter Isaacson, which is good. I definitely do recommend. Interesting bloke. Uh, very, very harsh and very like uh, I don't know Jekyll and Hyde, or like had very, very strict, strict opinions one way or the other. Where it was like he loved something or he hated something. Uh, and so his uh, one of the guys he worked with, Johnny Ive, who you might know that name because he designed essentially the industrial design of all the Apple products. Kind of later on in the evolution of Apple, and he had a policy where he wouldn't bring ideas to Steve too soon. You know, when they're kind of in that incubation phase because they were too vulnerable, and Steve could just shit on them and and you know not give them a chance. Uh, you know, because they were just in their infancy and they hadn't, they weren't really able to stand on their own two legs. And so when Steve kind of pushed them, you know, they would just fall over right and that didn't necessarily mean that they were a bad idea it just meant that they were still in their infancy and they still needed to to kind of grow and mature and, and find exactly what it you know find the, their legs to stand on shall we say and i think the same thing is true of of you know any pursuit that you you do any idea that you have or, or thing you're trying to do where if you try to make it too much too soon i think you can crush it you know and Especially if you, if you know, if you start a podcast and then you like tell your friend, all your friends about it and stuff, and and then you have this sort of pressure of like knowing that other people are watching, um, you know, and you or you start like promoting it right away or whatever. Like, I think that kind of works if like you you're confident, you know what you're doing. But at least for me, it was more a case of of like, okay, I kind of I kind of like that space of like no, no one knows about this yet, and this is kind of its 
its own thing sort of in the void and it kind of has has a chance to like sort of uh grow and, and develop its own legs before it starts to leave the nest you know i guess the metaphor is like teach the bird to fly before you push it out the nest although that doesn't really work because <laughs> at a certain point you know like uh birds just like push their young out their nest don't they and they just figure it out later maybe like wait for the bird to grow until you push it out the nest is a is the more appropriate metaphor so um yeah you know what i'm saying i don't know if there's anything else to uh for me to contribute so it's not a good way to end a podcast like i don't think there's anything else for me to contribute you know you gotta always end on a high 